Welcome, Friends Church. Um, my name is Alida Turlecki. I'm part of the charitable giving team here at Friends Church. And whether you're joining us online this morning or whether you're joining us here in person, um, welcome to those of you who are new to Friends Church. Um, and thank you to those of you who have been coming for a while and who participate in our charitable giving. You make such an incredible difference. Um, money is an awkward thing that most people don't like to talk to you, and it is what keeps us going. So thank you to those of you who donate regularly through automatic debit. We have uh, our website, friendschurch.ca. We have our app, The Spiritual Gym. And for those of you who still like paper, that's great. We have the black box at the back. So thank you for participating in our charitable giving here at Friends Church. And I just want to throw out a reminder that uh, group discussions are happening today. It's a great way to come out and meet people, get connected, um, resonate, talk with other people about today's message, percolate a little bit over it, and um, just explore it a little bit deeper, or just come and get curious and find out what it's all about. We hope to see you there just in the library right after the message. Thanks, Alita. Good morning, everyone. Happy to see you. Um, <laughs> it's good to see Trevor and actually our own student pastor, Ryan Duggar, here today after a big switch weekend. They were out for their fall retreat yesterday, out of town with a whole whack of kids. And my son was there as well, and uh, I didn't even see him. He rolled in late, and I'm sure it was bagged. It was like... They left at 6 in the morning, yesterday morning. What time did you guys get back? 10 o'clock last night. So uh, the parents and kids are uh, deep asleep at this moment, but so great to have this ministry rolling that cares about these kids, uh, junior high and senior high, making memories for them and building community and challenging them to, to make a difference in the world. We celebrate what they're doing. We appreciate you leaders and, uh, that are giving your lives time, precious time, to invest in our kids. We appreciate it. Hey, look, um, it, it, some of you obviously know uh, some of the details of my family. I have my wife and I, Kathy, we have three boys. Um, and, oh yeah, there they are. This little sweeties. This was many years ago. Um, if you've chatted with me, you know how incredibly proud I am of each of them. Um, but... And I know some people will look at them even, even today and go, man, they look like clones. They, they all look the same. And uh, I always find that a little bit surprising when people say, oh, your, your kids look so similar. Because I'm thinking they could not be more different. Like they are so different. Maybe some of you parents that have multiple kids, you've watched this, or maybe in your family you've got siblings, and you think, man, how were we born in the same family? I mean, these three kids in this group, this trio, you got a, you got a high extrovert, one that's a high introvert. You have a risk taker. I mean, just comes alive in the risk and the, the, the crazy moments. You have another one that's quite risk-averse in many respects. You have one who prefers a lot of structure and order, predictability to their day, to their week. They like to plan. Don't spring any surprises on them. Another one that just loves the spontaneity, 
loves, you throw some at it. Hey, what are you saying? He's like, yeah, I'm in. Where, where, what are we doing? He's, before he even knows what it is, it's like, yeah, 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 let's go. One of them is an intuitive feeler. He can pick up things that people are feeling in the room very easily. Another one's a very methodical thinker. Like it just, it goes on and on. One loves to work with his hands. He works in construction, just loves it. And the things he can create, it's crazy. Another one is a mechanical engineer. He, he loves just the processing that happens in his mind. I wish, uh, I don't have a real exciting picture of him doing engineering work. He's sitting, staring at a computer screen. And then I got another one that's like this former snowboard, professional snowboarder that thrived on the, the crazy, intense pressure emotionally, physically, pre- performing under you know, on the international stage. I sometimes think, looking at each of them, just like, how the heck does that happen? We didn't really do anything different with each of them. They just come out like that, I guess. As they mature, you become, become more and more aware of just how uniquely wired up each of them is with their own set of gifts and talents. You know, throughout the years, probably one of the greatest parenting challenges, I don't know one of the greatest, but one of the great challenges is helping these three to avoid the toxic comparisons that can happen. You know what I mean? where they start looking at each other and noticing certain strengths that each of them has. And, you know, when people point it out, you know, boys, they can be ruthless. You know, there's arm wrestling. That'll prove who's the strongest really quick. You know, they, they find different ways to kind of say, oh, that's all you got. Grades. One was just, just brilliant in school. You just, you go, I, Okay, he's, he's pulling off the grades, that's great. For others, it didn't come as easy. Another one's so creative, so artistic. He'd sit down and start drawing, and the other was like struggling with stick men. You just go, what the heck? And every now and then, as a parent, you'd watch one of those dark moments when you'd see one of them growing dim as they, in their own mind, noticed or felt that they kind of got shafted in a certain department. They, their brother got something maybe they didn't get or more of something than they have. Maybe you felt that. It's a, it's a kind of a sick feeling that can take over sometimes when you feel like you're looking at someone else and going, oh, I wish, I don't know if you felt I have felt that. Now, I had two sisters, older and younger, so I, it was a little different there. But with my coworkers, oh. When we started Friends Church, we stepped out and two guys, Kelly and Mark, guys that we just launched the church with. Mark was this guy that was such a methodical, thought-out guy. You would ask him a question, and he would never just off the top of his head answer it. He would really give it a second to think through, 
to weigh his response. He was so organized. I know when the week would start, he would reach out and say, hey, I'm just mapping out the day. This sometimes was, would be on a Sunday night. Just mapping out my week, wondering when you would like to, and I'm like, I don't know. What day is it? I, I would look at the way, you know, someone would ask a question. I would blurt out my answer. Here, this is what I'm thinking. And then a couple of seconds later, Mark would weigh in. I'm like, I, I want to change my answer. Uh, that's kind of what I was trying to get at. I just thought, oh, how do you do that? Kelly, this other guy, Kelly was such a gifted communicator. He could articulate thoughts, and he was so creative. He'd come up with all these different mediums to use, and props, and, and, and he was just, he would get up on stage, and it was like people would be going, wow, that guy, and I always think, and he had this wit, so funny. He would crack, everyone would be laughing. I'm thinking, oh, Jeff, come on, be more funny. And and I would look at Kelly's notes, how he'd write his notes. I'd be, oh, yeah, I got to do that more. And I would try. But then I'd get up here and it wouldn't make sense. (laughs) I'm like, ah! I was just constantly trying to be more like Kelly and Mark. And sometimes, to be honest, it was just so frustrating because it didn't, it's a lot of work and I couldn't make it work the way they could have you ever felt that have you ever looked at someone in your life and went jeez why can't you be half the mother she is look at how organized she is look at her meal planning walk in her house it's spotless come on maybe you look at Someone in the way, they're so mechanical. And you go, gosh, you just fixed that? I always spent a lot of money getting that kind of thing done around the house. Wow, you painted yourself? You decorated all this? <gasps> Whoa. And inside, the gears are turning. You're going, what's your problem? sad what the comparison thing does to us, isn't it? Or what it can do to us? Like not only does it make you feel crappy about yourself, but it has a way of kind of making you almost forget what it is you do. What it is you're good at. It, it takes the spotlight right off of that and it shines it on all these other places. And it has a way of kind of looking back and (laughs) I think this is as old as the hills. I think this has been happening throughout the ages. It's a human condition. Guy named Paul in the Bible wrote about it. I think he saw it happening in one of the churches. He wrote this letter and it's interesting. He uses the metaphor of a body. And he says, you know, if the ear, let's say the ear could talk, 
And the ear said, you know what? I'm not beautiful like the eye. It's so expressive and beautiful and limpid. I'm not anything like the eye. I don't even deserve a place on the head. Would you just remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If if it was all ear, how could you smell? It's a simplistic metaphor. And Paul is just asking his people, come on, come with me up to 50,000 feet and look out at the expression of what happens in a community like this. And all the amazing pieces that make this thing do what it's capable of doing. He says, when you think about it and your own body, you wouldn't for a second compare the different parts of your body. You just know it. They're all important, right? So why are you doing that everywhere else? I think he's saying, quit worrying about those people. Look at the beauty of who you are. That's what I hear in this passage. Look at who you are. Over 20 years ago, a guy named Marcus Buckingham wrote a book called Now Discover Your Strengths. Anyone familiar with that book? Just out of curiosity. Okay, a few. Um, As a team, we picked this thing up and read it. This is many years ago. It was interesting. And it has become a perennial revisit for us. Whenever we bring a new member on the team, we always want to kind of sift through their their composition, figure out what are your strengths. In it, he makes a compelling argument to show how each of us, for a whole bunch of reasons, develop innate natural abilities from the time actually we were really young. You don't know why. Scientists are trying to figure out how it is. Like, why is it that some kid shows up in like grade one and can just do math easy? It's just like, doo, 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 doo. one, two, three, yep, uh, hands in his grades, yeah, he's getting the grades. And then uh, another kid is struggling. Why is it one kid can walk in and be the life of the party and be, have all these friends that just are dying to be around him? And then you have another person is in the corner struggling, awkward, trying to relate to people. What? What, How, what, what just happened? Marcus Buckingham says, from the time we're young, certain things happen and certain innate abilities are given birth, it seems, inside each of us. These abilities are predisposed. You can't change it. They just are. They're there. They lie there waiting to be discovered and enhanced and developed. He says the magic happens when you take that predisposition that you got the natural wiring that you possess, and you begin to hone it and develop it. Sometimes we do this without even knowing it. Sometimes we do it very intentionally. We can develop it through knowledge and wisdom. We can read about this thing that we're doing and, and figure out better and better ways of doing it. Sometimes it's through experience. We'll find a job, and sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it isn't. But it just lines up with what we do really good. And it gets honed and honed. Until the point where you can find yourself capable of doing things that are really remarkable without even breaking a sweat. It just happens. 
someone looks at it and goes, how did you just do that? And you go, what? That. Everyone, anyone could do that. No, not everyone could do that. I don't know. I just, it's part of the Marcus Buckingham book. Like he'll, he'll say, the key. Oh, you can manage around your weaknesses. Yeah, we can't just ignore them. But he says, the power lies. And he said, the real crazy development happens for those that really are able to recognize and honor their strengths. Not continue looking over the fence and going, geez, I wish I, no, no. The ones that can look at their innate abilities and say, all right, this is my cards. Let's do something with these. It's part of the book. He gives you this code. You go online and you go through this whole questionnaire. It leads you through a whole list of things. And he helps you uncover what could be some of your innate abilities. Remember when I was reading through this book, I wanted to read ahead. I wanted to figure out what are all the strengths anyways before I take the test. <laughs> and Because I, I want certain ones, you know? Like I remember as I was reading through the book, I saw some like, uh, there's one strategic. Ooh, I want that to be me. I thought, I like the, how that sounds. Another one was Achiever. Give me one of those. Yeah, I love the sound of that. There was another one called Ideation. Just ideas and creativity. I was like, oh yeah, pretty sure that's me. (laughs) So then I go and do the questionnaire. Bad news. That's what happened. Bad news. What did he he tell me I had? He told me, oh, you're a woo, Jeff. (laughs) Woo. I'm like, what is it even a woo? (laughs) Oh, such a bummer. I'm like, and so I'm reading it. And I'm like, I barely even want to read it. I'm just like, I'm already deciding. I must have read this, did this test wrong. Oh, you can win others over. You can quickly establish relationships. Big deal. I don't care about that. Oh, you're a communicator. Fine. Everyone can talk. Big deal. I'm a relator. Another one was, I, I have po- positivity. I can, I can lift people's sp- I'm just like, this this is stuff anyone can do. I was so bummed. I was telling this story to Carmen McNamara, who was a part of our staff team. Some of you will remember Carmen. She's one of our message coaches. I was telling her, I was doing the message with her this weekend. She says, you know a crazy story? She says, I took the test, didn't like the answer, so I went and bought another book so I could redo the exam. She says, I cooked the answers, <laughs> and I came out with the answers I wanted, showed them to Vince. Vince called bullshit. He said, no, that isn't true. That's not even you. Carmen's like, fine. Here's my answers. This, we're always looking over the fence, going, I want what he has. You know who had what I wanted? Vince. Jerk. That just bothered me. I, I saw his result. I'm like, no, no. You cooked. I was so jealous. I'm like, ah, oh, frick. I got woo. <laughs> we sat around as a staff team talking about our gifts. And 
Actually, it was Vince who began cheering me up. He's like, and he began talking about scenarios. He'd say, Jeff, when you go in and you do this, how do you do that? I'm like, quit trying to cheer me up. You know how to do that. He's like, no, honestly, just spell that out for me. How do you do that? I'm like, you're lying. You do know how to do that. He's like, honestly, uh, when I see you do this, in groups of people, I'm not sure, is that something you plan? Or is that, I'm just like, I don't know. I just do it. He's like, see, that is the woo. And I remember these moments going, what do you mean you don't know how to do that? You, he's like, honestly, that is a, something you got. Now, over the years, there have been many moments when we'll be sitting here thinking about the different series ideas that we want to do for the fall. That we're mapping out the calendar. And Vince will come in, so we're bringing in our ideas. And Vince will start rolling out his ideas. And very quickly, I'm taking my ideas and sliding them under the table. I'm like, how do you come up with this shit? He's like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, that is... I don't know. I just. I'm like, do you know how many hours I spent trying to come up with this crappy list I'm sitting here with? <laughs> Maybe you've had these moments too, where you've looked at someone and it's just like they just go, boom, and the meal comes out, and you're like, <laughs> how did you just go in and come up with that? This is a phenomenon that Marcus Buckingham has spent his life trying to help people see. And he's, and he's like, if you can just see some of your most natural innate giftings, if you can see them, and if you can appreciate them, oh, the magic lies on the other side of that. So I'm sure this will not be news for many of you that are kind of reading in this world of psychology or whatever, but there's something that science, and this is becoming very a popular topic. My son, who's in, who, who is this snowboarder, professional snowboarder, he started talking about it about, I don't know, seven years ago. But they talked about this thing called flow state. And they were working with our national athletes to try to help them learn how to get themselves in what they call the zone as they're getting ready to perform. They take all this training, all this preparation, everything to lead into this moment where you face a challenge and you get into, so into the zone that what you're capable of doing in these moments is crazy. 
but they say you get into flow state, flow state. What's interesting is when you start kind of boiling down what it takes to get into this place. This flow state is fascinating. I've been listening to this guy, uh, known, uh, his name is John Vervecki. He's a, he's a professor of cognitive science out of Toronto. He's written and lectured on flow state uh, a ton. But he, he just talks about all these different people. You can watch it. So we walked, watch it in the design shows when someone just takes this rundown property, they got a limited amount of time, they got a limited budget, and all of a sudden they just like, we need this, 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 this. What? I, we watched it last Sunday when Rob Bassant went nuts in that kitchen and created that amazing community lunch. I said, we got a limited budget, Rob. We got limited time. He's like, how many volunteers we got? Uh, I could have this many. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. Tell him to be here at 9.30. Boom, boom, boom. When he, they were, he rolls in with these bags of groceries and our volunteers go out and start pulling them in, all of a sudden it's like, you over here, I need that chop. Da, 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 da. And he's just... And then we walk in there. Ha, ha, donairs. It's like, how... I'm looking at him like, how... When you get in the zone, when you achieve flow state, you watch these people do... Un, canny things under pressure we've watched baby whispers take a child that is absolutely dysregulated and they walk in and they just know the tone the shake the voice the whatever and all of a sudden that kid just <sighs> everyone's going no it, 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 there's nothing you're going to be able holy smokes how did you When you hone your superpowers, you can walk into some of the most challenging circumstances and achieve unbelievable results. For Becky, it's really interesting. He talks about the survey that was conducted all over the world from people who have achieved flow state. He said, what is remarkable is they all describe it in the exact same way, regardless of their culture, the language they're speaking, rural, urban, doesn't matter. He said, they're all talking. He said, that got our attention. Something is very universal here about this flow state. Here's the things that they, they all said about flow state when they get into the zone. They feel deeply at one with things. They, that's how they describe it. I, they, they said, it's just everything kind of synchronizes in that moment. It's just like, it's coming together. It's coming together. They said, there's a spontaneity where they just... It's not like they're going, okay, now do this. Okay, now do this. Okay, no, it's just, they just do it. They just do it. They say, though there's a tremendous amount of effort that they're expelling, at the same time, they say, it almost feels effortless. It's weird, a paradox. They're giving it everything they got, and yet, what comes out of it is just, feels effortless. Again and again, people describing these moments, how the world around them just becomes intense and vivid in these moments. It's like everything goes from black and white to full color. All senses are just alive and tingling when they're in the zone. Their minds, the voice in their head, like Kyla was talking about earlier, it all of a sudden goes quiet and they're just laser focused on the task at hand. 
What's interesting is, is when asked, is this a positive experience? Is it a negative experience? 100% of them say, absolutely positive. They love flow state moments. In fact, Vervecki says, when asked, 100% of respondents in this entire survey said this, life becomes more meaningful when they're able to experience flow state. Now, as soon as I read that, I went, okay, you got my attention here because we're right in the middle of this series, the search for the meaningful life. We're saying, what are the moments? How do we, we're coming out of this pandemic and going, what is my life about? You're making decisions right now, whether you realize it or not. You've, you've removed everything from your life for the last three years. Now you're adding and adding and adding. And some are doing it so unintentionally assuming that once they fill up their life, it will lead to a meaningful life. And I got to tell you something, nothing could be more untrue. There's a level of intentionality that needs to be considered as you start saying yes to certain things. Certain things you want to develop, courses you want to take, things you want to volunteer for. You know where I'm going with this. How well does it line up with who you even are? And what you're doing, your fingerprint on this world, are you saying yes to the right things? Because here's the thing about flow state. You don't ever get there in your weaknesses. When you're trying to be Kelly and Mark, you ain't going to be experiencing flow state. I'll tell you that right now. You go back and listen to some of my early messages. You'll know, no flow state there. (laughs) Uh, There are just so many moments. I'm fumbling, trying to be something I'm not. It's just painful. If you can own who you are and start uncovering your innate abilities and honing that, flow state becomes very possible. And of course, what matters most are these moments of incredible meaningfulness where you look back and you go, that was great. Look at what we created. People are going, wow, how did you just create that? But you know the significance is just oozing. Let me ask you something, because this is the question. How well are you playing and leaning on your natural strengths? How often are you saying, no, 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 here's my lane. I'm staying in my lane. Oh, I know, that's an invitation to do something they're good at. That's okay. But my best energies are, are in this wheelhouse here. How intentional are you about that? How much energy, let me ask you this, how much energy are you expelling trying to be something you just aren't? You have to figure out what it is you do, and you do it. Let me ask you this, would you know? Do you know what your most innate talents and abilities are? Do you know your wheelhouse? Because I got to tell you something. When we read that book, I had no idea 
I thought it was ideation strategic. <laughs> there could have been nothing further from the truth. It was what I wanted to be. And so you know what kind of opportunities I was saying yes to? Anything that looked like those. And what was I failing miserably at? Yeah. It's not just one of those things where you wake up and know who you are. There are many people who think they're one thing, but they're actually something else. You don't have to be ignorant, incredibly naive to be in that place. In his book, Buckingham kind of just start, has a way of breaking it down, simplifying it, just helping you kind of look at general patterns in your life to kind of start uncovering who it is you are. For instance, he, he, he just paints these scenarios. He says, okay, let's say you have an employee that calls in sick. Where does your head go? Just most naturally, what, what are you thinking of most? Are you worried about the person? And going, hey, are you all right? What's going on? Or are you thinking automatically about the work that has to get covered off? Going, oh man, there's a bunch of jobs that we're gonna have to get done over here. What, what, what is your first tendency? He says, if you're thinking about the person, you might have empathic strengths. And he kind of leads you down that road, A or B. It's like the optometrist. Is this clear? A or B? A or B? Well, B, okay, let's go that road. All right, now, one or two, right? This is what Marcus Buckingham does. He says, you walk into a room. There's very few people there that you know. Who do you, what do you do? Are you just going, oh, where's the person I know? I'm going to them right now. He said, if you do that, that might show or highlight a strength that you have of maintaining existing relationships. It's a strength. It's not a weakness. He said, if you gravitate to just strangers and start talking, he says, that's a whole nother skill set. Let's talk about that. It's not rocket science, but what it does is starts clearing the weeds, pulling it out, and all of a sudden starts saying, do you see what is very natural to you versus unnatural? Start there. It's important in the process. I wish when we started reading this book, we had just, we had really read that clearly. It's important in the process to understand there are no good or bad gifts. There's just your gifts and others. And so to be able to look at yourself with honor, look at the things that you do so strong and go, yeah. And look at your weaknesses and go, someone else has got that covered. Someone's got, is going to help me out on that one. And that's okay. The judgment we apply to this thing keeps us from flow state, keeps us from meaningful lives. And I'll tell you how well I know that because there are people that have lived in careers that they never ever really were designed to fit in. But because they idolized someone who could do certain things, they said, I'm gonna be like that. Sometimes those parents have pressured their kids into, and the kids said, okay, yeah, great. And they end up in something and their life feels, feels meaningless and they can't figure out why because they've been playing to their weaknesses their whole life. Sometimes it's not even a career thing. There's people that experience incredible meanings, meaningfulness in, in, through their hobbies 
and other things that it pursues. Some, some, they're doing their job. Their job is paying the bill and they're fine with that. But their volunteering really lines up with their gift mix. And so they're experiencing flow states in their volunteer opportunities. Some are doing it through hobbies, sports, mountain climbing. They, they say is one of the number one flow state experiences because you've got to be completely in the zone or you die. That's what they say. Extreme sports. There's a number of different ways you can experience flow state. And so I'm not just saying, oh, you better figure out what job you're doing because it better have flow state. Maybe, maybe that won't happen for you. That's okay. Maybe not right now anyways. But there are different ways you can experience these meaningful moments. But it's somehow linked to what you do better than anyone. How well do you understand your unique wiring? And how well are you playing to it? I guess that's the challenge today. That is your challenge. Take some stock. Is there a part of your life that just gives you grief again and again? Because you know, you look around, you're not fooling anyone. It's just not what you do well. Maybe you have no option and you have to keep doing it, okay. Or maybe you could do like what Vince and I do. We trade. We will every now and sit down and then go, you know what, I'm not very good at this. But I think you'd be really good at it. And he's like, well, I'm not taking it unless you take this off my plate. I think that's a better fit for you. All right, swapsies. And the more we do that, oh, I look at my boys again and again and say, I feel so lucky. I get to get out of bed every morning and do something I love. I love it. Now, some parts of it I kind of suck at, but there's some parts where I, I know I'm wired up to do what I do. Some of the, some of the hobbies and stuff, I know I'm doing them because I'm gifted to do them and there's something in that. And out of that giftedness comes some passion. That's what Vince is gonna talk about next week. You tie into the passion and, you, and, 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 and it double sides with your gift mix and oh, watch the fireworks go off. You won't wanna miss that. That's next week. Look at, if you're here this morning and you're saying, man, I'm kind of late to this party. I... I I haven't really done a lot of work to even thinking about this. I want, to, I want to challenge you to do some homework. You need some help? I'm going to post some of some what I think are some great articles, these evaluation, these t- tools that you can go online and do, some books you can read. I'm going to put them in the show notes. I'm going to post some stuff on social media this week. I'm going to give you some YouTube links you can watch. You want a meaningful life? You start tying into what you do what you do without even thinking. And maybe, maybe it's still in its infant stages and you need to do a little bit more work there. Okay. So th- you got homework, pal. You got homework this week. Yeah, yeah, I pray that you and I, we will have some moments, some incredible, crazy moments of flow where you just find yourself so in the zone Love and life, you just don't hear anything. You come out and you're going, whoa, what time is it? (laughs) Was that a trip? Look at what we got done. Yeah, that's what I hope for you this week. May you do what you do best and may you stay in your lane, hey? Yeah, 